Hi, Karen. Thank you so much for submitting your resume. Excellent credentials and qualifications. So if you could please tell us what's a strength and what's a weakness of yours? Oh, wow. That's a good question. I would say one of my greatest strengths is that I'm ready for a challenge. Uh huh. And one of my weaknesses is I'm just too much of a perfectionist. Too much of a perfectionist. Okay. Well, hello, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us. I can't see you guys right now. Um, oh, you got to put the there. There you are. You're right there. Now I got you. Uh, thanks so much for joining us for Gub Geeks Assemble. Level up your nine to five on 95. Karen and I are talking about interviews this week and the idea about hosting a mock interview or two to help you out through the process. Let's go ahead and get into it. So I'm Javier. And I'm Karen. And together we are the, the Gov Geeks. Geeks. Thank you so much for joining us again. Every week on Thursday, we get together for our live show to talk about career development in the public space, in the public sector. Very exciting stuff. So Karen, talking about your resume, how did it feel to be asked a question about your greatest strengths and everything? Well, that's pretty standard, but I gave a really bad answer. <laughs> Don't know if any of you caught that. My only problem is, is that I'm too awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, so what was your weakness? My weakness is I don't have any weaknesses. I don't have any weaknesses. <laughs> Honestly, kryptonite, that's the only weakness I can think of. <laughs> oh, no. You know, it, it's funny because, you know, when you're practicing, it, a lot of the energy and the nervousness, it's able to come out. But especially if you practice correctly, then when you're actually there, in an interview, it's a whole lot easier because right. you're saying the stuff that you actually care about and you want to do. Well, I think that's the key with a mock interview. It's practice. Right. And sometimes that's what you need is practice to A, get your nerves out and practice your answers and then B, getting feedback from people to help improve your interview. Absolutely. Feedback, that, that is one of the biggest things. I mean, if you're in an actual interview, you can do as best as you think that you can there at that time, but you're not really going to get the feedback. They're going to say this person is qualified or not. You can move on or not, but they're not necessarily going to give you that information right afterwards. Right. Your feedback is, did you get the job or not? Yeah. And, and Karen, so you've done a lot of interviews. You've been an integral into a lot of hiring decisions. How is it when you are interviewing someone and there's a particular issue or concern but you just can't tell them because that's not appropriate as part of the interview process. I mean, how many times has something like that come up where you're like, oh, man, they, that, that wasn't good? <laughs> right. I would say occasionally it's happened. Mm -hmm. And occasionally, especially if you really feel for the person, sometimes you'll set them aside afterwards and say, just wanted to give you some immediate feedback that you may not want to ask that in an interview or say that in an interview. And it's tough also because you obviously want to be helpful. You're coming from a place of care and concern for the person, but it's also in an official capacity. So if anything comes across as something that's being, you know, inappropriate or you know, disconcerting, then they could always come back to that and say, oh, well, you know, I didn't get the job because this other person said this or that about me afterwards. And, you know, that can just ruin everyone's opportunity. So you're trying to be helpful. But yeah, there, there's a lot of risk, certainly, that's there. It almost sounds like 
one of the best things to do is to have practice mock interviews ahead of time before the interviews, right? Yeah. <laughs> Simple enough. Simple enough. So today we're going to share a couple of uh, background and ideas about mock interviews, three strategies to help you out. Um, so the first one is honestly, be vulnerable and ask for support. Uh, you know, when you're trying to think about hosting a, a mock interview for yourself or for others, you might think to yourself, oh, you know, I don't want to bother people. I know it's okay. I think I've got this. It'll be fine. And then inside you're thinking to yourself, oh, maybe I asked the wrong questions. Maybe it was the wrong responses that I gave. So it might just be better to be vulnerable up front and talk to people that you know and trust and respect uh, and ask for support. Yeah. And the worst they can say is no, which that's fine. But there's multiple people probably on your list that you could go to and ask. Right. But Absolutely. I don't think I've ever come across a situation where either I was being asked or I was asking somebody to help me prepare for an interview. I don't think they really said no. Yeah. And, you know, of course, um, be as respectful as you can about their time. So if the interview is like tomorrow, don't don't ask them that morning. Like, hey, yeah, I have an right. interview in a little bit. Can you help me out? Uh, and also, you don't even necessarily have to have an official interview schedule in order for you to have a mock interview as well. Absolutely. Yeah. So when you are helping people and they're being vulnerable and they're asking you for the help for the mock interview, what are some of the basic things that you offer uh, ahead of time? Ahead of time, I don't really offer too much. It's usually you want to go into it like you would any other interview. Well, is it like Seinfeld? I want to go on fresh. Yeah, like I'm not going to give you the questions ahead of time. Nothing like that. It's just like a regular interview. What I do go over with them is, well, what do you expect to get from this? What are your expectations? Uh, do they want to try to get this specific position? Right. Uh, what exactly are their goals? And then I can tailor based off of that. Like if there's a specific job that you're actually going for, what was the job posting like? What were the requirements? So then I can tailor my mock interview questions based off of that. That'd be the only thing really that I would go over with them ahead of time. You know, to, to add on to that, uh, to add another Jenga piece on top of that, uh, I would also throw in asking a question, what's important for you? What do you find of large value or concern? You know, do you like freedom, independence, work-life balance, uh, a commitment to the mission of the organization? Do you want a boss that's going to be hands-on or hands-off? Are you trying to grow in your career? Uh, what is the purpose of you wanting to take this job? so that when you are listening to the responses from the interviewers as well, you can determine whether or not what their responses are match with what your values are. Because you don't want to hop into a job that ultimately ends up being something that you didn't want in the first place. You're going from a bad situation maybe to an even worse situation. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Scary times. But you know, all of these points that we're talking about have all stemmed from the idea of being vulnerable and just asking for support from everyone else. Um, setting up like a, you know, a mock interview session where there's three people in a panel, or if it's something that's like on Zoom and you're trying to figure out, you know, gosh, how does the lighting work? How does the camera work? Can you guys hear me okay? You know, if, uh, if the camera is just like looking at your forehead and like an Iron Man, you know, is, is this the forehead of security? Right, <laughs> or if you have it set up where you're at your desk at home and you have a mess of papers everywhere, right. you, you may not look very organized and many times they're looking for somebody who can be organized. So you want to make, in 
this day and age, especially with these virtual types of interviews, mm -hmm. you want to make sure that your location and what you have in front of you uh, for them to see could also impact your interview. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like why we go through so much effort here in the GovGeek studio to create a space and an environment that looks appealing for you when you're watching these videos and you're listening to the podcast that the audio is good, that the lighting is good, that you're looking at the desk and it's it's nice and clean, nice and pretty. Some pledge and everything was put here recently to make sure that everything looks good for, for you all. Uh, but it's that level of care and concern that interprets what an individual is thinking about the- Your brand. Your brand, yeah, yeah exactly. Oh, you're so good. <laughs> She's the chic gov geek people. She's awesome like that. <laughs> All right, so that's strategy number one, really being vulnerable and asking for some support. Uh, on to strategy number two is just thinking about how can weaknesses actually be strengths? And, and this is a, an interesting point because a lot of times we may perceive something as a concern, but actually, if you look at it appropriately, maybe it's actually a, a strength. Right, but you don't want to do it too much like I did in the beginning here, where I was using my perfectionist ways as a weakness. So, which it, it could be, but you're trying to show a true weakness, something that you're struggling with and that you want to improve upon. Not something that sounds like a weakness, but it's really saying how great you are. Right. Oh, yeah. My, my only problem is that my hair is fantastic. My yeah, only problem just... is I work too much. Yeah. You know, honestly, that's a good point. There's, there's responses like that where they're intended to come across as really strong strengths but really they're, they're not giving a, a solid picture uh, about what the candidate is or really what's there. So it's really about connecting with yourself in a way where you understand what you're trying to present and what you're trying to offer in a truthful uh, position. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that is a weakness for me, at least from the perspective of uh, hiring managers would be, for instance, that I really enjoy relationships and working with people directly. And sometimes that care and concern gets in the way of a lot of the mission or the objectives or the timelines. Uh, like for, for me, if a person is uh, going to be late on something for whatever reason or issue, I mean, I focus more on that than what's going on with the, the work product and the deliverable. And while that's good for the relationship and it's good for the person, that could be a weakness for getting things done, especially in, in very uh, crucial timelines, turnarounds and situations. But that's honestly who I am. And so if I'm placed in a situation where it's very high paced and very much uh, deadline driven because it needs to be, I'm not going to be a good fit for that place. And to be frank, if that is really who I am, would I want to be in that type of environment? So having that type of response allows me to know question. that <laughs> Siri, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> That allows interesting me to, question. <laughs> Siri thinks I'm interesting. That's so nice. That's going to be on the blue. Siri's wheel. telling you to move on. Let's exactly. Go. It's like, great, interesting question. Thank you very much. Please move <laughs> on. Uh, anyhow, yeah, so it, it's helping you to figure out what is a good environment for you to be in. Do we have any other devices that's going to start beeping? Uh, I hope are talking to us. <laughs> are talking to us. We live in such a modern age and all that. Um, I don't know, Karen, what are your thoughts about weaknesses and strengths and in interview responses? I still think you need to be careful. Even I know your example with that, you know, you've thought a lot about it. Um, but I think it's also, well, I'm just so good with people. It could be a problem. I, I, I like to hear really 
true weaknesses that need to be worked on. So let's say, for example, if it is somebody who just struggles to meet deadlines, right? I want to know that because I'm going to look to hire you. I want to know if you have a real problem meeting hard deadlines, right? So maybe with your example, that would get to that answer for me. But I'm really looking for, you know, can you deal with conflict? Hmm. Are you able to complete your tasks without ask, without too much oversight? Are you a micromanager? You know, that type of stuff. So. Sure. And, and it also gives the hiring manager or the hiring official the opportunity to understand what type of management style they should adopt in order to work well with you. And remember, it kind of goes back to uh, the platinum rule that you've talked about in some of our shows, where it's not where you treat the other person as you would like to be treated, but treat them as they would like to be treated. Mm -hmm. And the only way you know that is if you get to know them and exactly. understand that. Have these conversations. Them. So like, you know, for me, in my instance, then maybe the hiring official would know like, okay, timelines, schedules, project plans, uh, milestone dates, check-ins, things like that to help make sure that things are moving along well and that the check-ins are there would be of support and value for how I would uh, deliver my projects as well. There's just different ways where you can learn and understand how to set this up. And it's great because in an interview, if this is worked out ahead of time, everyone knows what they're getting into. Mm -hmm. So later on, you could be like, this is what I mentioned during the interview. This is how I really exceeded, or this is how I work well in this type of environment, those sorts of things. So you're not like all of a sudden the person shows up and then it's a completely different person. Yeah. yeah. That's why oftentimes I, I tend to throw at least one of those uh, questions that throws people off guard. Oh, right? like, what's your favorite one? I think one of my favorites was if the individual delivering your pizza had one thing, one word to describe you, what would that be? Oh, that's interesting. Right? Something, something where it's like, it's, it's kind of not something you think about often. Um, so something like that. I've always liked the question, tell me, can you tell us a joke? I, I mean, are they lighthearted? Are they easy to get along with? Are they spontaneous? Um, those those are really great qualities that I, I find that work well in a team and environment. Mine might be like a dad joke or a knock knock joke, not a very good joke. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's a great one where a person is just like sinking their head into their hands uh, during an interview, and the person, I, I suppose, conducting the interview is kind of like <laughs> this grimace or this scowl right. on their if face. If this is going on in your interview, I don't think it's going very yeah and i don't know maybe in terms of the assumption of who's interviewing whom in that that picture maybe the person looking at the resume is like trying to think of a response and the other person that's giving the uh interview is looking at them like like oh my god that was their response <laughs> you know? or said an inappropriate joke when they got asked the question yeah exactly that that could be something but um you know at, at the end of the day it's it's individualized it's very much personalized because the person that is the hiring official that's going to be the supervisor i mean they have their own perspectives and opinions and if you're out there and you're a person that is a supervisor and you're going for another managerial position of some kind you know the position that the other people are in in this as well i mean we're all to one degree or another Everyone has a boss uh, in, in governments. Uh, certainly the American people is, is our first and foremost boss that we have, but there's management change, even all the way through senior executives and others as well. Right. 
How do you deal with change? Oh, <laughs> How yeah. do you manage change? How do you manage change? Well, that's a fantastic question. Yeah, and I think one thing to note also is as you begin your career, the interviews are a little bit different than when you start going in for those leadership positions. Yeah. The questions are different. What they're looking for is different. So it's not on the job training. You know, they're not, they don't want somebody who just can't, doesn't know what they're doing and can just kind of learn as they go. As a leader, they want to make sure that you would be a good fit for the organization. That you know how to do it, that you can teach and lead others to do it. And even to a larger degree, perhaps the person that is making the hiring decision doesn't know enough about that subject area. And so they need a subject matter expert to come on to help lead and implement all of that. I mean, you think about like office directors and senior executives, they have a, a large portfolio of requirements that they're looking over. And as qualified and as experienced that they are, I mean, there's a whole set of different things that they would need to know in order to do their job well, but that doesn't mean that they're the super world's best expert in each of those areas. Right, and as you're a leader, more likely you're not the subject matter expert at all. You're leading the subject matter experts. So you may not know anything about widgets or how the widgets work, but you're there to lead them to yeah. get the job done. To get the job done, which is the, the biggest thing. I love this picture as well, Deadpool, uh, when they were conducting the interviews. Uh, and there were, uh, I remember in the scene there, they were interviewing, um, oh gosh, the, the woman whose uh, ability was being lucky. Like she just had luck. Uh, it was so funny. Uh, she's like, yeah, it looks, he was like, luck's not a superpower. And it turns out that it was. Exactly. Some, uh, what, what was the name? Domino. Domino. Ah. There we go. Our, Ariana, our producer, is letting us know that Domino is her name. I can't believe I blanked on her name. Yeah. I, I took so many attributes that she has and added that to my Dungeons and Dragons uh, character. He has a whole lot of luck that he uses in the, the rolling and the, the actual campaign. But we're we're off topic here, aren't we? Yes. Interviews. So yes, that was the second one. Uh, weaknesses, strengths. And then lastly, let's look at recording and reviewing interviews. Um, so we did speech and debate uh, in college. I did it in high school as well. I, I coached it afterwards uh, after I graduated for a couple of years when I was teaching high school. Love that. And one of the great things that we did was actually record the speeches and then watch them later on to see how they go. Oh my God, that was horrible. I mean, it was great. <laughs> it, it was great, great to, to see it, but you know, horrible to watch yourself do it. Well, but I, you I, learn I, a just, lot. Exactly, you learn You a learn lot. a lot, but for me, at least for me, I know you love watching yourself on camera. I, I'm, I don't. <laughs> I don't. Shockingly, Shockingly. I do not. Well, what's great about doing this for a mock interview and for practice is to see how you are reacting. You recall the experiences, you recall what you're thinking, and then when you watch it on video later, you can evaluate, well, how well did that actually go? Well, it's so, like in sports. Exactly. Right? They play the, the game and mm -hmm. they watch to see, well, what did we do wrong? What can we do better for the next time? Or even when you're watching the opponents ahead of time, right, right. to see where their weaknesses are. So similar concept, right? You're just recording it so you can watch it and figure out how to improve. And for the most part, you should know 
to a large degree what the questions that you're going to be asked are. I mean, if it's a specific job series, you've read the job announcement, you understand the information and materials from OPM, you've looked at the agency's website, so you know basically what they're looking for. There might be some questions like Karen's uh, pizza delivery question that is a bit of a curveball, but that's why it's there. It's intentionally as a curveball. But if you talk through what it is that you feel is a qualification and how that applies to the agency or the organization that you're applying to, really that's what you're doing. And recording a video uh, of you practicing those can help you see like, am I grimacing? Am I smiling too much? Was that answer as great as it could be? It felt fantastic, but maybe it wasn't. Did I answer the question? Did, Did I even I answer the question? Follow the star method? Exactly. Was I concise or was I rambling? Uh, all of that. And then you can kind of use that as feedback to think, okay, well, if I'm asked a similar question again, what is a better response that I can give? How can I convey what I'm thinking about even more? Because a lot of times, you know, when we're speaking with clients, they would say, you know, I've had those interviews where I sit there and I go, oh, I just, I wish I would have had a second take at it, or I forgot to say this or that, but the time is gone. You can't go back in there and say, hey, wait a minute, this is actually what I meant to say instead. That, that's just not something that you really have the opportunity to do. So the more that you practice it and you feel comfortable with it, then you can use it later on during an actual interview. Right. And don't be afraid to ask if you can take notes because right. sometimes we're in there and maybe you don't remember half of the question. So odds are, if you don't remember half of the question, you're not going to be answering the yeah. question. So feel free to ask, do you mind if I take notes? And most of the time people are okay with that. Mm -hmm. So you can go ahead and, and take those notes and it'll help you keep organized. And you can ask clarifying questions as well. So if they give a, a very long question, which a lot of times happens in interviews, you can ask like perhaps a paraphrasing question. So you could say something like, I understand that you're saying this, are you asking this or that? Or would a response about X, Y, or Z experience help you understand my qualifications a little bit more? You know, those sorts of clarifying questions help because you could think that you're giving the best response possible, but then the other person would think it's not because it really wasn't what they were looking for. And it could be that they just didn't ask the question correctly. I, I mean, we're all human beings. We have that potential to do that, right? Yeah. Yeah. So recording is, is a great way to kind of go back and revisit how things went. And plus, you can use this as a method to uh, evaluate things later on. Uh, you know, I, I like the idea that uh, you can feel terrible about something and then watch it later on and realize it wasn't that bad. I, you know, I'm thinking so terrible about the experience and I felt this way and I felt that way. But then you watch it and think, okay, that actually wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. That's certainly a possibility, right? Sure. Your wheels are turning. I love it. Here it comes. No, I'm just saying that that's, that's not my experience. <laughs> I, I see it. I'm like, that's horrible. Like when we were even reviewing some of these videos where I told you, how many times did I say, you know, and I'm like counting them. And then now it's just very self-conscious about how many times I say those types of word fillers. And as a result, how many times have you said, I know, or, you know, I don't know. I haven't noticed it. Uh, if, if anyone has, if you could please put it in the comments. No, that's okay. 
<laughs> we don't need to track my weaknesses. And you know, the other thing is that if you share the video, say you save it on Dropbox or wherever else, then your friends or colleagues that are helping you, if you sent them the file and said, you know, here's the practice one that I had done last week, any comments or feedback that you can have about anything, let me know. And this way, you know, they could look at it at different times throughout the day that's more uh, convenient for them. If they can't make a Zoom call because of all the requirements, maybe it's something that they could look at later on uh, and then provide you some, some good feedback. Uh, it could also be that, you know, we, we operate differently. So one person could take some time to reflect, to think through their thoughts and then provide a response or a feedback for you that might be just truly valuable. Yeah, that's a good point. So there we go. We're talking about mock interviews and how to go about offering them and asking for them. We talked about three things today. Uh, the first one is for mock interviews, just in general, be vulnerable. Um, don't be afraid to ask for support. Ask for some people that um, you know and trust that can help you out. Uh, they're more than likely available. Uh, the next one is just really talking through about weaknesses and strengths. Uh, having the chance, like Karen was saying, to really give a good response about a sincere weakness that you have. And also thinking through the individuals that are conducting the interviews, their responses to help you figure out if this is actually going to be a place that you want to work in or a supervisor that you're going to want to have. Mm -hmm. And then lastly, the third one is just record and review. Record the mock re interviews, review them later on, take some notes and improve upon them. The more you do this, the better you get. So those are our three that we have. Uh, we have just about five minutes left to do our questions and answers, our questions from the Gov Geekdom, Gov Geekdom Q&A. <laughs> so we have two questions for us this week. The first one is a pretty fun one. So what is the plum book? The plum book. Karen, what's the plum book? It's a book about plums. It's a book about delicious <laughs> plums. Yes, jams and preserves and all that. Now we use this in uh, our beginning days here, right, in DC. Oh yeah, We would look through the um, different uh, constituents, right? Is that the yeah. representatives? So the plum book is a collection of all of the different political appointments uh, that there are in the federal government. Uh, I mean, you could have a number of special ones that are like special assistants, things like that, but you're looking at ones that could be like uh, assistant secretaries, undersecretaries, directors, program directors, and it goes across all of the different agencies and then lists out each of the different political appointments that each of those have. Uh, this is an apt question now because we're here during a presidential transition, and a lot of people are referencing the plum book now to see who's going to be uh, brought on for what thing or what area. Um, the other thing as, as an interesting thing, if you look at the plum book and you see the positions and then you see who the individuals are that are getting appointed, their background and skill sets says a lot about what the administration wants them to do once they're actually in office. Right. So some people are really big on one policy area or the other, and that just happens to be what you're interested in. That might be a great place to apply. Yeah. Great tip. Yeah. Uh, question number two, uh, what are hiring preferences? So I assume this question is talking about like the veterans preference. Absolutely. So essentially you kind of get bumped up or get more points in a position. Yeah. So I know for uh, some of the positions that I have been reviewing, uh, you get an individual who has veterans preference. They kind of jump the line and you can't really choose somebody who does not have veterans preference unless there's a 
reason for picking them. Yeah. So basically, uh, all of your qualifications and your resume and your materials that you provided, it's evaluated against certain rating factors or hiring factors. And depending on how well you rate, you get more points. Then on top of that, the hiring preferences, you get additional points added on to that as well. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and, and they're there to try to help uh, make an even playing field for equal representation in the public sector. So you have individuals, again, like veterans or persons with disabilities, for instance, where you need to have more diversity in that area represented in uh, the individual public servants that are in government. There we go. The more you know. The more you know. Um, I know we only have a couple of minutes left, but I wanted to share some information about our upcoming 14-day GovGeek Challenge, which uh, Karen and I are really excited about this one. It starts on January 12th. Uh, what we do is we talk about career strategy, resume development, interview preparation. It's uh, 14 days where people go through the process of developing how they're going to execute everything for their career growth and career strategy. Um, Karen, we're at one point or another in our careers, and we've had the chance to work with people who are just real mentors, real people that have made big differences in their careers and their lives. How instrumental was it for you to have that type of guidance to help you along? Oh, completely instrumental. I would not be where I am today without that. Absolutely. And that's what this this program basically is about. And that's what all of our coaching services is about, really. Uh, we want to give you the information and the materials to really advance your career in a way that serves the public. Uh, a, a lot of times we run into individuals that are really qualified, but for one reason or another, they're not being brought in for interviews. They're not getting referred. They don't have referrals. So these are some of the things here. Um, and also we're looking at our resume basics, a nine part series that is launching on LinkedIn. We have this uh, coming out every Wednesday, which we're super happy about. Uh, they're short, they're only about 10 minutes each just to give you high impact. And it's also something that is entirely free. You don't have to pay for this one at all. Free. free. <laughs> we want you to benefit from as much of this as possible. Uh, we're looking at developing some more series as well. Everything from like interviews, career management, uh, working in the public sector, things like that. Well, that is it for this week. Uh, Karen, do you have any closing thoughts? Just if you want to make an impression, make a good impression, you only get one chance, especially for interviews. And I would say if you really care about that position and really want it, you will prepare for it. And there's nothing better than having people who are around to support you to provide that type of guidance and feedback so that you can do the very best you possibly can in that interview and hopefully ace that interview and get the job. So continue to build your brand and utilize your network. Well said. Thank you so much, everyone. We look forward to seeing you next week. Stay safe, stay warm out there, and we'll see you soon. Thank you for your service.